Welcome everybody to the 50th episode of Sports Avenue. I'm your host Jimmy Simonis and today we're going to be talking some rugby but before we start going into it I would like to say thank you for everyone for your continuous support and all the love and appreciation. It's gonna be a big year in 2020 and I'm excited that you guys can be a part of it. But anyways we're diving into rugby today with my former coach. Oh he's a current coach and he's also a former player who's also a national champion at Notre Dame College. I'd like to welcome Liam Monahan. Liam, how you doing? Good, Jimmy. How are you? I'm doing good. Thank you for joining, man. I'm excited. Yeah, I am as well. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, of course. So, Liam, just let's start off. You know, being in America, rugby's not that popular. How did you end up playing rugby? So, uh, my dad actually, uh, he played um, for Ohio University um, when he went there back in the 80s. And then he played a little bit um, in Cleveland and also in Orlando when he was living down there. Um, so I always heard of his rugby experiences. Um, and you know, I've always idled the man. So I, uh, you know, quickly tried to transition myself into into playing the sport they talked about so much. And, um, so it, it came to my sophomore year of high school and, um, a teacher had actually approached me about, um, the sport as he played as well for St. Ignatius and then uh, Louisville. Um, And it just kind of kicked off from there. And how did you, and like growing up, like did you play any other sports or was it just that you just stuck with rugby in sophomore year? Uh, So I I wrestled um, all through high school. And uh, in in terms of high school, I I stuck with wrestling and rugby. When the rugby uh, club started, at our high school, our alma mater, what was it like trying to learn the sport, trying to help these other kids learn the sport and play it? Um, it was a struggle, to be honest. And, you know, the school didn't really uh, know of the sport yet. And so um, it, it was difficult to kind of transition them to think that it might be the next big thing. They had just started a lacrosse team, um, which was a new and big thing for them. So adding another sport on was kind of, um, they, they were hesitant in that they, they weren't sure, um, one, the safety of the sport and and two, um, you know, how it would fit into the spring schedule. So, um, kind of getting that backing took, uh, a few months, you know, to, you know, finally convince the, you know, the higher ups of the school that, you know, it might actually be a good idea. So um, it took me to get a couple detentions for skipping class and getting kids to sc- sign up, um, but it, it was well worth it in the end. And when you start, when the team started, how did practices go? How did you guys learn to play rugby pretty much on the fly before the season started? Um, so we started in the winter. Uh, it was roughly late January, early February, our first year. Um, And we actually, uh, you know, my dad had brought on his friends that he knew had plenty of rugby experience. And and it was kind of a chain reaction in in bringing other coaches in. Our first year, we had five coaches. So one, for a rugby team to have that kind of um, uh, faculty is is, uh, kind of unheard of. So um, we were lucky enough to have people with 20 plus years of experience um, come and help us out and teach us in a short uh, two week frame before we played St. Ignatius, uh, one of their developmental sides 
for our first game to kind of get exposure. Um, so the way they kind of framed the practices were, um, you know, doing the simple stuff. How do you throw a rugby ball? How do you tackle correctly? How do you um, formulate a game plan based on scenario? So, um, you know, in the two, two short weeks that we had, we had a small grasp on what the game was. Um, but, you know, it still took a lot longer for the team to finally kind of come together and understand the sport. So for you playing rugby, was it easy for you to grasp because your dad played all these years or was it something you also had to kind of learn it on the go as well? So it, yeah, I mean, it, that's a great question. Um, it's hard to understand the sport in general. So hearing my dad talk about it, watching it on TV, that was one thing, but actually getting in the game and understanding what you have to do at every moment, it, it was difficult to kind of grasp that. So for me, even though I had some exposure to the sport, um, I, you know, it still took me probably, um, in total, you know, three years to get a full grasp of what I had to do at every, every minute of the game, you know? Um, and for most players, that's how it is, you know? Uh, I think it was like my sophomore or junior year in college. Um, I <laughs> was talking with some of the guys I played with and we were still questioning some stuff, you know? So it, it is a very hard game to grasp and, um, you know, you just have to kind of roll with the punches as you go and learning and understanding. Which is kind of interesting that you say that because usually when you get to high school, when you it stuck like sports like football and baseball, you know, you're supposed to have the basics down. You're supposed to know what to do pretty much at almost any moment. So how is that feeling, especially when you're going into a sport with not a lot of experience? Um, you know, it it's kind of nerve-wracking in a way because, you know, you don't want to mess up. You know, no um, athlete ever wants to feel like it was their fault in the game that someone scored or their fault in the game that, you know, uh, resulted in loss. So you you kind of had to play it by ear and kind of improvise you know you may not know the sport but if you see a a gap in your run or if you see you know something that could be an opportunity then you know you're just going to kind of wing it and you're going to take it and so high school ends you're off to college what was the plan in terms of playing rugby um so i actually was going to go to lakeland for a semester um kind of save money get some of my prereqs out of the way um, but I was approached by coach Jason Fox, uh, from Notre Dame. Um, I think it was late June, um, you know, after I graduated high school. So it was kind of, uh, opening, like, holy crap, this is happening, you know? So, um, I didn't really get a chance to think about what I was getting into. So, um, that quick two month transition resulted in two weeks of, um, three a days and then the season started. So um, the thinking wasn't really there. The thought process wasn't there. I didn't really have time to grasp what was really happening. And talk about the two a days in, in college, especially playing rugby in the heat of the summer. Um, yeah. So, you know, you walk in second week of August. Um, your first game is, you know, the last weekend in August or sometimes the first week in September. Um, so you, what you do is prior to school starting is you uh, go through what we called Hell Week, um, which was essentially uh, 6 a.m. practice, you know, uh, 11 o'clock lift, 
um, in a three o'clock practice. Uh, that would go on for two weeks, seven days a week, um, you know, just to kind of get us in shape again, get us uh, situated for a game plan, um, a system, you know, so that we could go into this first game head on and, and you know, come away with a victory. And what were those practices like? Because they probably were a lot for you physically and mentally. So how did you overcome the obstacles seven days a week? Uh, you know, it's, it's tough to get through, you know, and sometimes there's injury. Sometimes, you know, uh, there's, you know, there's halts in, you know, the three days because say, you know, you went to practice in the morning and, um, you know, you broke a finger, you pulled something, I don't know. They're obviously going to hold you out in the afternoon. So, uh, some of us were kind of hoping we did break a finger just so that we can get a small break. You know, it was very mentally, um, tough to get through that, but, you know, we all had an ultimate goal and, and that goal was to win nationals right off the bat. You know, we went into the first initial meeting, uh, my freshman year and our coach said, we're going to win nationals this year. Um, so let's get to it. You know, it was, it was that type of mentality. And that's what kind of got you through those three a days was, um, you know, you, one, you didn't have a choice, right? It, it is what it is. You had to go through it. And two, you know, with having that opportunity to play the big names like Navy, Army and stuff like that, and um, have the opportunity to possibly go to nationals, that's your winning drive. So, um, you know, in that aspect, it wasn't really hard to get through those three days. And for you, what makes Notre Dame a high-profile rugby name when you can, considering it is a pretty small school in Northeast Ohio? How did it, how did they match up against the likes of the navies, the armies? Or, so, uh, you know, it is tough, and, and rugby is a weird sport in and of itself. You know, um, Notre Dame College is a D two school. Uh, through NCAA, but rugby's not an NCAA sport. We go through USA Rugby. So the size of your school doesn't really matter. It matters more based on succession. Um, so we had uh, gone to nationals basically throughout NDC's um, NDC rugby history, so inside D2. So what we decided to do was uh, going into my freshman year, we bumped up to D1AA. And that is decided by the board uh, based on request of your coach. So um, for, for that reason, you know, to kind of put it in perspective, um, we played still small schools. I mean, University of Buffalo is a Mac school, right? Um, Cootstown is a, a, is a D2 school, but they were a great rugby team. So they were D1 AA. Um, it, it, it's all primarily based on recruiting. So, um, we had kids on my team from South Africa, England, Scotland, Ireland, um, you know, just different places all throughout the world that were able to teach us. One of our coaches my freshman year was a uh, was from New Zealand, and he had actually played on premier teams as well. So we had great knowledge on our coaching staff and inside and with our players because, you know, um, kids coming from different countries have been playing it since they were five years old. So it was kind of a different um, different climate in that you went in almost knowing more, but knowing not knowing less as well, because you had no idea the amount of knowledge these other guys had, but they were willing to teach you. Yeah, just... So, um, 
you know, you get to halfway through your freshman year um, in the season and you almost feel like you've quadrupled your knowledge of the sport. And how did these coaches manage recruiting to get every pretty much all over the world, like you're saying, some South Africa, New Zealand? I mean, that's crazy. So with rugby, you know, um, well, I shouldn't just say with rugby, you know, with international uh, students that want to go to school in America, um, they typically hire agents. And those agents will uh, provide applications um, to different schools that have the sport. They might be an elite school, right? And then from there, uh, you there's like a communication base um, with the coach. The coach doesn't ne- necessarily have to go overseas and meet you, um, but you can at least talk to them on the phone, learn, learn a bit more about the school, and then talk finances. So um, – Lucky for our team, our team had a lot of scholarships, so we were able to pull from different areas like that, even though we were a small school. So for you, playing with these people, these players from various cultures across the world, how did that help you playing the sport and gaining knowledge? Um, You know, you're in a game scenario and uh, something goes wrong, right? You get a penalty or the other team scores a try you go under the try zone as a team and you talk about it. And it's usually, it was always, you know, um, the leaders of the team that have a ton of knowledge and most of them being from different countries are able to tell you guys, this is what happened and this is how we can assess the situation and get better from it. So um, it was kind of, you know, just still going along with the processes and learning from these guys, you know, day by day, it, it you know, didn't happen in one day. It happened all through my college career. And for you, what was the biggest moment for you playing at Notre Dame? Um, you know, I, nece- I didn't necessarily play in the national championship. Uh, I had had shoulder surgery um, two months prior. Uh, but even just having your team win a national championship was, was such an honor. And, and to be in Savannah, Georgia, Life University, one of the most prestigious rugby schools in the nation, um, to get that honor was was huge, and uh, it was an eye-opening experience, and it made you want to work harder towards the ultimate goal, you know, get back on that podium and actually be on that podium. And you talked about your shoulder surgery. How did that happen? Was that a rugby, uh, rugby injury? Um, I was training for rugby. You know, I was doing two-a-day lifts over the summer, and I uh, just was bench pressing and tore my bicep and my labrum. And, uh, you know, went through all of my sophomore fall season with it, but uh, had to get the surgery because I was no longer able to do certain things uh, over the winter. So that put me out for the entire spring season. With tearing your labrum, how did you overcome that, that obstacle? Because that's one of the bigger injuries you can get on your arm. Yeah, so, um, you know, you just have to – once you get the surgery, you have to play by the book, you know, and it's really hard to do, but going through the physical therapy, um, sticking to the lifting exercises that the surgeon had told you are now mandatory, um, not doing uh, barbell anything anymore. You know, there's certain risks you have to take and you have to adjust so that you can maintain this, the same, you know, um, same lifting schedule, but also uh, almost take a step back in that, you know, you're not doing certain things, so how can you adjust? Right. To you, what for you was that pivotal moment that the game clicked for you and things started to get easier? 
Uh, I would say the game really clicked for me when um, it was probably my senior year of high school would be the point in which I could say I know the sport, um, you know, to an extent, and I'm able to play it and know kind of my role. Um, but when I fully understood the sport, I would honestly say when it, it was when I started coaching, um, you know, past, past my playing time and more um, focusing on what other people are doing and noticing the mistakes um, that they may be making, that helped me understand more than actually just playing the sport um, and, and going through it, you know, minute by minute. And how did you end up coaching from college to uh, going into coaching? Well, you know, um, when I started the team at Lake Catholic, I always knew that I would come back and, uh, you know, help out in any way I could. Um, my dad had approached me about, you know, finally getting on the coaching staff um, the winter, you know, prior to the season. And, uh, you know, I, I immediately said yes, you know, um, given I wasn't playing anymore, I was missing the sport like crazy and anything I, I can do to give back to the sport I wanted to do. And when you started coaching, how was it, how was coaching when you first started comparing to when you were playing? Um, that's kind of a tough question to answer. Uh, you know, coaching is all about leadership and, and I've always found myself to be more of a leader. So get stepping into that coaching role, um, you know, I, I really enjoyed having the control. But in terms of how I could slow the game down, I would say that was the most difficult um, difficult part of, of the job. So, you know, actually bringing it back down to the basics and saying, you know, trying not to speak in uh, a more technical term, um, you know, it was really difficult. It's kind of off our kind of our path, but I do want to state I do want to ask this question before we go any further. Why do you love rugby? Uh, I mean, you know, we we as coaches always say you play the sport once and you get hooked. You know, any person that comes on and is able to suffer through the practices before that first game, um, they're hooked, and and we see it time and time again. Um, we had one kid this year. Uh, he was he was skeptical about playing because he was a um, big soccer player, right? And uh, he didn't want to risk his opportunities in soccer by playing rugby. And and I remember the look on his face when he made his first hit. Um, he was ecstatic, and from then on, you know, he was a very committed player. Um, never turned turned down anything we told him to do. It was always yes, coach, yes, sir. Um, you know, he just had an innate willingness to learn, and and that was a really cool thing to see. And I think that's what happens to everybody, you know. You, you get into your first game, you make your first hit, you get your first try. You know, you get chills down your spine thinking back to that time. So um, that's where you fall in love with the sport of rugby. It's just it's simply the memories and the opportunities that, that come with it. And why is, is it so unique in the United States? Uh, we're a football country, you know, um, you know, football was created off of rugby. So rugby was in the States back in the 1800s and 1700s when, you know, Americans first came over. Um, but 
it, it quickly transitioned into another sport, which happens all the time. Soccer was created before rugby and it was, you know, rugby is a variation of soccer, right? So sports just kind of evolved, but rugby had kind of died after football had started because football became so big. So, um, you know, to kind of start bringing rugby back into the States, it has been a long journey. Um, rugby's also had its downfalls in perception. So, um, you know, for us to kind of move past that and show the competitive atmosphere and the opportunities that await you in playing the sport, you know, it, it's a long process. So I think we're at the point now where we're going to be seeing a breakthrough here soon with the sport. Um, kind of like how we're seeing a breakthrough in lacrosse. Uh, lacrosse actually uh, has its own professional league now that um, is being aired on NBC and ESPN and all these other, um, you know, stations. So um, I think we're only a couple steps away from, from that happening with us. We recently just started the MLR, uh, Major League Rugby, and uh, the overall atmosphere of that is building along with um, bringing in players, you know, that played internationally from different countries. Recently, there's just uh, signing with the Beast. He's coming over to uh, the Washington, D.C. team, D.C. United, um, and he's going to be on their uh, roster, you know, throughout the season. So having a world champion, you know, the World Cup was this year in South Africa won, um, having him in this country playing the sport of rugby trying to build a platform for growth um is just phenomenal so i think the way they're you know bringing attention to the sport is is going great and not to mention the other form of rugby sevens um has really taken off and it you're seeing it more on tv i mean we're just like i said we're moments away from something big so uh it's just a moment in time and what do you think are the biggest misconceptions about rugby? Uh, back in the 80s, 70s, you know, stuff like that, it was it was the drinking sport. It was its own fraternity. So um, for it to be moving into high schools, parents are just remembering, you know, well, I knew rugby players in college and they were the biggest partiers, you know. Um, don't get me wrong, you know, it, the rugby team, you know, we all, we are a fraternity, right? We, we treat ourselves as brothers. And, um, you know, we do everything together, but, you know, we're, we're looking past that. So we want to ensure that we are uh, giving the best perceptions um, in the way we act on and off the field. Um, you know, just trying to get rid of those old misconceptions that, you know, we were the partiers, the bad boys, stuff like that. And how do you do that, especially as a coach? To, in a high school where you have to try and get these kids to play rugby over the other sports that are available? Yeah, it's tough. You know, you're, you're going out without pads, right? That's, that's the first big thing, and, you're, and it's a tackle sport. So um, there are many elements to why parents don't want their kids to play rugby. And, and my job as a coach is, you know, to show how safe we're actually being um, and, and make sure that they know we care about our players um, and we want the best for them. We wouldn't tell them to play the sport if we didn't want the best for them. So with the opportunities in college and stuff like that, um, 
you know, I don't understand why anyone wouldn't want their kid to play rugby. You know, it's safe tackling. It's, um, it's great culture. And, you, you know, you could go to college, play, and then go play overseas. I mean, you can't do that with a lot of sports. You know, um, you could go spend a few years in France and play professionally in France or New Zealand or Japan. You know, players are doing it all the time. So, you know, it's, it's just bringing that awareness to um, the older generations uh, that we're looking past the, the misconceptions that were uh, with the sport previously. And do you think, play, like, like you said, these kids going to college and then going overseas, do you think that will continue throughout the growth of rugby? Or do you think it would become something where the MLR becomes big and everyone flocks over here instead of vice versa? Don't get me wrong. I think we're always going to be a football country. That's that's the American culture, right? It's football, baseball, basketball. But uh, I do believe that rugby will become a main sport in schools. Um, it won't just be a club sport. It won't just be, you know, there's a few teams in Northeast Ohio, a few in, you know, Southern Ohio. I think it will be a common sport that you see in every school. So, you know, that's what we want. We want it. We want the exposure to be all throughout the U.S. and not in just certain, not just in certain segments. So, how has USA Rugby gotten kids to start playing rugby more? What have they done to try and push into the word of mouth mostly? I mean, um, you know, you think back to when you were in high school. Uh, for those of the, you that don't know, uh, Jimmy uh, was a player of mine in my first year of coaching. Um, you know, and he comes from a line of football, correct? Yes, sir. So, um, you know, but Jimmy's dad had always been a great advocate for us in that um, he loved the sport of rugby and and uh, was trying to get Jimmy to play. Jimmy finally came out his senior year, and uh, he loved it to my understanding. I did. So, I, I did. I had a blast. Right. So, you know, it, it's all word of mouth, you know. Um, we could only do so much advertising uh, through USA Rugby to um, get kids to play, but until it's in the schools, they really don't have that option. So um, getting it on TV more, on the main channel, and then also just giving exposure through tournaments and, um, and getting it into schools is the only thing that's really going to help. And you were talking about, I know we were talking about safety earlier, but with how football has been approached with CTE and all these other concussion problems, how do you think rugby can benefit? Because I personally think that rugby can benefit tremendously if with the NFL struggling to protect its players. Yeah, I mean, I don't like to defer, you know, uh, CTE to certain sports. And the reason I say that is you can get a concussion just by simply walking on some ice, right? Right. So... Um, I always tell parents going in that anything can happen, but we ensure the best safety for our players. So, um, you know, I think CTE is a big problem all throughout the world, uh, you know, in all sports, right? Um, but, you know, we're trying to make it better. So that's why we perform proper tackling methods. Um, we keep our kids out of uh, dangerous play. Uh, you know, the refs are aware of what dangerous play looks like. So if they have to, they'll break it up prior to, um, you know, something bad happening. You know, we just take every precaution um, we can. And I know football 
soccer, basketball, wrestling, they're all doing the same. And for you, what is a goal? What's your main goal as a coach? Do you have an end goal in doing this, or is it just to help keep rugby alive in school? Yeah, I mean, every every coach has a goal, right? My goal every year is, you know, I want to take our team to states. You know, um, that's that's the main goal. Overall, ideally, I'd like to get kids, you know, to go to different tournaments. Um, I would like to kind of give more opportunities so that they can see the country and different teams, nationally ranked high school teams that have, um, you know, been performing for years, right? Um, just give it more exposure, uh, at least for my players, you know, because that'll be great for recruiting as well. And do you have a goal of coaching in, in college or pros? Um, if it if the opportunity, you know, comes, you know, I'll, I'll think about the offer. But, you know, I'll, I see myself more at Lake Catholic than anywhere else as of right now. And when your dad offer, offered you to come back, what was that feeling like being able to coach where you played at? Uh, it was a cool feeling. You know, it's kind of that full circle, you know, um, perception. So I, I started the team, I played for the team, and now I'm coaching the team. So um, it, it was good to be back, and it was it was really cool to see how um, you know how we may have looked week one, but we didn't realize it. And now I'm able to evaluate and kind of um, set a practice plan so that we can get better. You know, um, it's cool being on that side of it rather than going into every week and uh, you know you're just trying to learn. You know, you just want to learn. So um, both sides of it were, were an experience. And talking about the, the Lake Catholics rugby team this year, how do, you feel about go, how, how do you feel about it going into it? I feel good. Um, we actually have our first winter practice uh, this Sunday. So it'll be good to see how many kids we get out there. Um, you know, our, I think, uh, you know, to – add on to my goals for this year, I would also love to be able to field two sides. So, um, you know, a roster in rugby is 23 players. I would love to have the availability to have a roster of 23 and a roster of 15, and then, you know, supplement the A and B sides so that we can have two games. And how have you gone about trying to get kids to play? Like, have you, is there a way besides just getting the students to play or have you done any direct contact to the parents such say hey give it a shot You'll, you won't regret it um i mean we show our faces at open houses uh we keep announcements going in the school uh through the faculty and it's it's also just about creating relationships with the other coaches you know um giving them the added value in playing rugby uh along with the sports that they coach so um you know for football i mean we've seen tremendous improvement in our football players that have come and played rugby out on the football field and on the rugby field, just from playing both sports with wrestling, the aggressiveness in wrestling versus the aggressiveness in rugby, you know, um, they're, they're kind of one in the same. Um, so when we bring wrestlers on, uh, you know, there's that added value that we know they're going to tackle correctly. There's that added value. We know they're going to go with, a, uh, um, some tenacity. So, um, you know, creating that a perception of added value uh, to the other coaches is a huge benefit, um, not only for us, but for them as well. And for rugby in general, where do you see it going in the future? 
um, in terms of the United States? Just in general, to be honest. Uh, I mean, it's an old-fashioned sport, right? And it hasn't changed much um, since the beginning, other than the safety factors that we've had to account for, right? And so we created some rules. Um, I do believe that it'll continue to get uh, safer as time goes on. You know, society uh, wants safer. So, you know, we want to adapt with society. Um, so, you know, in terms of what the future holds, I don't know. But I do know that we will continue to try and grow this. And how do you feel that a sport can get safer, although it's a contact sport? It comes with rules and regulations. I mean... You look at rugby back in the even the 90s, right, early 2000s, uh, there was no um, crouch bind set. The ref wasn't saying that. You were, you were just going from straight up to down in the scrum, and it was, I mean, people were getting knocked in the heads all the time. So that's a recent rule that was, that was put in, and, uh, you know, stuff like that will continue to happen. You know what I'm saying? So... Um, I can't tell you what, what changes are going to be made, but I can tell you that, you know, we're going to continue to adapt as we see faults in the system. Liam, I want to say thank you for joining the podcast. And if you want to uh, give out any information on how they can cut, contact you or get involved with rugby. Yeah. I mean, for the people that are listening to this, that may be interested in, in playing the sport or uh, have kids that may be interested in playing the sport, you know, feel free to contact me. Um, I, I guess follow me on Twitter, uh, Liam underscore Monahan 97. And, uh, you know, DM me with any questions you may have. I'm happy to, happy to help you. Liam, I just want to say thank you for joining the podcast. I'll definitely bring you back to talk more rugby. But thank you again. I truly appreciate you taking the time to talk about the sport. Yeah, no, thank you for having me, Jimmy. And I hope all is well. And uh, it seems like you're doing great. So um, just keep it up. Yeah, yes, sir. I, I will. Uh, thank you, Liam. Guys, everybody that's listening, thank you for listening to Sports Avenue. Thank you for the, the continuous support. Everyone, have a great day. Have a great week. And don't forget, the Rover Sports starts here on Sports Avenue. Talk to you soon.